I'm arts editor of the Times Argus and Rutland Herald. Each week I travel the state hearing, watching, enjoying the best Vermont has to offer in the arts. And I try to put it together and deliver it to you. It all culminates with the Vermont Arts section every Saturday in the Times Argus and Rutland Herald. Welcome to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps. As we mentioned last week, Jim Lowe is on vacation for a little while, but there's so much going on that we've decided to keep the tape rolling and uh, do an episode or two while he's away. I'm going to briefly let you know what's on the docket for this weekend's art section, and then we'll jump into the Minor Mishaps interview for this week. In this week's edition of Vermont Arts, you'll find an article on Heliand and the Band, music by Nico Mooley and Friends. Um, this is the 13th season of a program featuring music by Vermont native Nico Mooley, along with several of his contemporaries. Uh, there's going to be two shows, one Saturday, October 26th at the Chandler Center, and then another show Sunday, October 27th at the Dibbon Center for the Arts at Northern Vermont University in Johnson. Apologies if I mispronounced anything there. There's also going to be an article about the 2019 Vermont Arts Awards. We mentioned that Francois Clemens will be receiving the Governor's Award for Excellence in the Arts. Um, there's a number of other awards uh, that are going out to outstanding individuals who've contributed to the arts. Um, everything from um, educators to artists to performers, advocates, volunteers, and scholars. I was personally excited to see that James Lockridge of Burlington is going to be receiving the award for advocacy. Lockridge has been the director of Big Heavy World in Burlington for over 20 years and helped many artists in many ways, championing the local music scene there. Lastly, this Sunday, Little Feet is going to be at the Flynn Center in Burlington. That's a show that everybody should go to. All right, well, thanks for the listening to my quick overview of the Vermont Arts section. We're going to switch gears and... Uh, go to an interview with Haley Richardson. Welcome to the second part of our podcast where I, George Nostrand, podcast engineer, take over the mic to introduce you to local artists for our Works in Progress section. Before the age of 12, both Haley Richardson and Quinn Banchin were touring nationally and internationally with some of the leading artists in the Celtic music world. Quinn has recorded and toured extensively with his sister, Christina. Haley teamed up with Quinn to record an album that was released earlier this year called When the Wind Blows High and Clear. Haley and Quinn will be performing at Mount Hollywood Studios, 45 Frost Hill Road in Mount Holly, October 26th at 7.30 p.m. There's a link with more information in the episode notes. Here's my interview with Haley Richardson. Hello. Hi, is this Haley? Hey, yeah, is this George? Yeah, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, all right. So, um, first of all, thanks for doing this interview. And, uh, yeah, no problem. Where, where am I getting you at? Where are you at these days? 
Uh, I'm home, surprisingly, oh, for okay. a few days. Nice. Yeah, I just got home yesterday, so New Bern, North Carolina. Oh, cool. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I thought I would embarrass you right off the bat, or try to, and uh, okay. <laughs> ask you, um, how did you steal Quinn from his sister? Oh, no. Um, it took a while. <laughs> no, I actually, um, the reason I know Quinn is uh, through Christina. Okay. So I was, geez, I must have been like five or something, maybe. Yeah, I must have been about five. Wow. And my mom was um, posting a couple of videos of me on YouTube playing um, just for my cousins and like for family and stuff. I'm pretty sure I like dedicated the tunes to them in the videos as well um and christina somehow stumbled upon one of the videos and commented on it and um so we kind of were my mom was chatting back and forth with christina for a little bit and then we noticed they were going to be at the flaw in ireland uh mm. the first year that we went over so it was in tullamore that year and um we noticed that they were playing uh, as part of the gig and went and met them and so that's how i met quinn um was through Christina, so kind of funny, yeah. Cool. And uh, you guys just put out an album, right? Or this this we spring? Did yeah, yeah. We put out an album. Um, I think in May, so when we released it. And where'd you guys record that? Oh, uh, we record it in uh, Saint Beatrix, um, in a little studio, so just outside of Montreal. Cool. Uh, so I was uh, reading your bio, and uh, you play a. Sligo style or Sligo or Sligo, yeah. Sligo. You're right. What, what uh -huh. is a Sligo style? Uh, so it's just a regional style um, in Ireland. And my teacher Brian Conway um, grew up in New York, but he learned from a man named Andy McGann, and he also learned from Martin Wynn. Mm -hmm. And those two guys are um, kind of special. Like their specialty was Sligo style. Andy McGann learned from Michael Coleman. Mm -hmm who was kind of the first um, fiddle player to record. And he came to New York, recorded in the 20s and 30s, and um, his recordings still exist today. And they're really popular um, among players of all regional styles, but specifically uh, Sligo style, because that's where he was from. So I'm kind of like, I don't know, like a descended student of mm -hmm. Michael Coleman. So the Sligo style is really rich there. and. Um, a lot of people now say that Brian plays like a New York Sligo style because that's kind of adopted its own its own thing. Um, so, yeah, just a regional style. But, um, yeah, that's all it is. Cool. And uh, you've been playing fiddle or violin since you were about five, right? Yeah, and, I've actually I've been playing Irish music since I was five, but I kind of started with um, this classical Suzuki method when I was three. Mm. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't remember not playing. So. And can I ask, you're still young enough that I can ask how old you are now? Yeah, yeah, I'm 17. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're not offended by that yet, right? No, not at all. <laughs> Just give me a few years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, and I'm curious, I, I can see that you've played with and, and been influenced by an, you know, numerous people and names. Um, but um, since you're now playing with um, Quinn, I'm wondering uh, what kind of influences he had on your playing. And do you think you've in influenced his playing at all? Uh, that's an interesting question. I, I think when Quinn and I were 
kind of thinking about recording together, uh, a big question was sort of what sound do we want to have? And I think we both kind of came to the conclusion that we were really into uh, like the early Dedan and Bothy band kind of stuff. And um, I guess the reason I started playing was because of Kevin Burke. And so he was obviously a big, big part of the Bothy band thing. Um, so I guess in realizing what bands we had in common that we liked to listen to and what sounds we kind of liked um, together, it kind of got me back into all of that stuff because mm-hmm. I think I was on a big sort of tangent of like listening to people like Liz Carroll and um, just kind of new stuff that was popping up, like a lot of Open the Door for Three, Martin O'Connor trio type stuff. And then I was speaking to Quinn about all of these these older kind of original um, groups in Irish music. So it got me really into that stuff again. Um, so now I'm just listening to kind of a hodgepodge of of trad music um, of all kinds. So yeah, I'd say you kind of got me back into the swing of listening to all those things. Hey, this is Maura Smiley and you are listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps. Brought to you by the Rutland Herald and the Barry Montpelier Times Argus. I'm curious uh, to find out from you, obviously you were, you were kind of born and immersed into this music. Um, what, what has uh, kept your interest in playing this style of music um, versus going off and playing rock or country or pop or something else? Um, I think what has predominantly kind of kept me in, in this kind of music is for sure like the community that surrounds it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, we're kind of, people say like the catchphrase all the time, like it's such a small world, but truly in Irish music it is. And it's, it's as if we're all a member of this family uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. Like the people who come from all different backgrounds, like to be honest, I have very little Irish in me mm-hmm. um, at all. Um, but it's amazing in that way, Irish music, how it doesn't really matter where you come from, what background you have. There's just something in the music that you feel when you play it uh, and you feel when you listen to it. Um, and it's just, there's such just a huge connection that I think a lot of people um, have in common that they feel for the music when they hear or play it or whatever it might be. Um, so I would definitely say just the community of people has mm-hmm. just been amazing, like from the get-go, from ever since I started. So, but it's this weird thing of like the internet kind of keeps everybody connected mm-hmm. uh, for years and years. Like you can go forever without seeing somebody, um, but you you see them, I guess, all the time online. Mm. So it'll be good to kind of see them again and connect again. Uh, what what do you like about doing like the house concert type of show versus like? playing in a big theater? Uh, I think house concerts in particular, they might be one of my favorite venues to play just because they're so intimate. Mm. Um, Like it's sort of, to an extent, it's like a limited number of people um, and it just gives you a chance to connect with your audience a little bit better and chat with them either during the concert or in the interval or whatever it might be. it's just really nice to be able to see the faces of the people that you're playing to mm. uh, as well. And I think it makes them feel more included um, that they wouldn't necessarily feel that inclusion in maybe 
uh, a theater setting or something similar. So, um, yeah, I'm, I always love getting to play house concerts whenever there are house concert dates on the tour. I'm always really excited for those ones. Where did the title come from, When the Wind Blows High and Clear? Uh, it's actually a lyric in one of the songs that's mm-hmm. on the album. Okay. Um, and we kind of, we were drawn to that. There was a huge snowstorm that came through Montreal mm. um, when we were recording. We had actually planned to have a couple extra days in the studio, but um, there was some difficulty with both of us getting there and flights were changed and all that kind of stuff. So we thought it suited the project as a whole uh, pretty well to name it that. So, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Um, well, we could play another song here at the at the near the end of the interview. Uh, what song would you want to share there? Okay, um, there's a track called "The Whip It." The Whip It, okay. Uh, very strange name. Uh, it's a couple trad tunes, and then into one that I wrote um, because Quinn and I both have this weird obsession with kind of Italian greyhounds, greyhounds, whippets, dogs of that kind um (laughs) so we were searching for a tune particularly in a minor Mm. uh for this set and i couldn't really think of any that really stood out to me so i said i'd write one and then i didn't know what to name it and then the whip it the title kind of came to me so well we'll we'll give that a listen and thanks a lot for taking this call and doing the interview and i hope you have a great time in mount holly thanks This is Jim Lowe, arts editor of the Barry Montpelier Times Argus and the Rutland Herald. You're listening to Major Prelude and Minor Mishaps, our Vermont Arts Podcast. 